and welcome to Screen Cleaning. My name is Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. And we're here to give you the show that is all about shining a spotlight on all things that are good. And right now I'm doing something really weird with my hands and I'm not sure why. I never do it. I'm it's like I'm I don't know what to holding do something with my hands. Yes, kind of like that that thing in uh, what was that? Ricky Bobby? Talladega Nights. Right. Yeah. Today, we're actually talking about something that we really have no concept anymore of anymore and that's time, right? What is time anymore? Uh Cole told me that, that we're talking about uh clocks today. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that has to do with movies or TV shows or entertainment at all, but... Time moves differently in a quarantine, oh, and I know. time also moves different we, on the internet. We just had uh, Daylight Savings Time. Is that what we're talking about? Setting back our clocks? Not in the slightest. Okay. So when I said we're talking about TikTok, it's right. not the actual function of a grandfather clock that I don't know anyone that actually has in their house. We're talking about the thing on an app on your phone that the kids are into nowadays. Wait a minute, Cole. So you're telling me I dragged my grandfather clock here as an object lesson Tick. for Talk. nothing, for, for not. It was all for not Talk. is what you're saying. It was. Yeah. Sorry about that. So It fit in your little like red whatever tiny car you have? I'm eager to hear what this is all about because when you told me, I thought it was – the first thing I thought of was William H. Macy's character in Seabiscuit, which might seem like an obscure reference, but he plays TikTok. McLaughlin, this really <laughs> uh, radio announcer that's, you know, very fitting for that time. We're going to fit in a lot of TikTok references that don't have anything to do with TikTok, thanks to Jeffrey, because he doesn't know anything about TikTok. And that's kind of how we're going to present the show today. You see, we just got done with a whole month of scary stuff. And today the message is new media is nothing to be scared of, right? Just because time seems to pass us by quickly on the Internet as the as each generation goes by. What the kids are into isn't bad just because it's the kids that are into it. But it's change, Cole. <laughs> change. I I want to keep using my VCR and my Game Boy, although that's not really true because we've come full circle with the Game Boy. That's they're, maybe they're a retro. bad example. They're cool. Yeah. I have a VCR. It's also kind of retro. You I know, play my VHS tapes on it. Don't tell my kids, but we're going to get them those... Polaroid, like those digital Polaroid cameras. Oh, for Christmas? Yeah. Nice. So we we come full circle, but has there really ever been anything like TikTok in the past? Yeah, totally. Oh, okay. so <laughs> So there's nothing new. Mickey, you know about TikTok, yeah, right? We have a I resident young person here. <laughs> for the record, I'm not that much younger than Cole. <laughs> okay, so where should we start uh, do I need to have pull out my stopwatch? Do I need to do anything time-related? Not in the slightest. Okay. Uh, Jeff is going to fill the function of the old guy in the room that we're explaining all of these things to. And I'm not that much older than Cole. <laughs> and I get to sit in the middle with a foot in both ponds. But the idea here is that parents really don't have a great concept of what's going on. And sometimes it's hard to talk to your kids and kids... I have been a condescending child before. They just, mom, you wouldn't get it. And so you just kind of move on. (laughs) Well, mom, we're here to help you get it today. Usually screen cleaning is here to help you give advice about the big screen or even the small screen with what's on TV. But we're talking about the smallest of small screens, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, things you don't recognize right now, but we're going to help you navigate through it. 
some things not to be afraid of, and then some other things to be aware of if your kids are into these things. You know, one thing I want to say is I may be in the minority as far as being the age that I am and not really knowing anything about TikTok, especially when I'm on a show that talks about all things media, right? Yeah. But I do. my hat does go off to older people that are so much more tech and social media savvy than I am. I'm really impressed by them because I think that really shows that they're loving life, they're embracing all of this technology, and they don't fear change. So I really admire them. All right. So, Mickey, let's dive in. TikTok's the one that we've talked about the most, mm-hmm. and it's the newest thing that we are going to talk about today. Right. Break it down. What is TikTok? All right. TikTok is... It's kind of hard to explain because it's so many different things. But I guess if we're boiling it down, TikTok is an app that allows you to make your own videos. And uh, they have a lot of... So like YouTube. Kind of, but they're shorter. This is short form content. So I think the max on TikTok is like a minute and a half. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. As opposed to you asked if there's anything been like TikTok in the past... Vine was a big thing around like 2013 to 2015. Like I said, time moves very fast. Generations pass through. Mm-hmm. So um, it's Instagram. Vine was limited to like six seconds. Instagram, if Instagram's you're on your like photos. story, <laughs> you can have videos. Yeah. But yeah, TikTok just serves a different... You you go on TikTok for a different kind of video. They're often funny or mm-hmm. lip syncs of like famous songs. Lots of dancing. People dancing. That kind of information but too. what's the longest you can have a video be on tiktok like a minute and a half yeah, yeah something like that minute okay. five seconds is like yeah. a very common uh-huh. so it's it's quibby it's shorter than quibby <laughs> you know probably in a couple of months nobody is going to know what quibby is like right. i said the Sad. internet moves fast and Sad. quibby's professionally made content right this is people making it from their homes is it monetized the same way that YouTube is? I mean, are people becoming TikTok stars and making all sorts of money? Let's talk about monetization. <laughs> so there is a TikTok star that has been cast in a new movie. Um, really? They, movie studios are often run by old people that don't really get it. And so they're trying to seem like they get it by following what is popular and trying to capitalize on that. So... What is this like a big blockbuster movie that this person's going to star in? Is it a cameo? It's I mean, she's her name's Addison Ray. She's going to be the lead in a remake of She's All That called He's All That. So keep an eye out for that coming. Probably not to TikTok, probably to actual theaters when we can go to theaters. The thing about TikTok is it's different for every person that gets on it. So I'm not super familiar with uh Maybe things that people younger than me are interested in, like this, like TikTok stars, people that do dances. So what's the point? And is it really that different from everything else that we have out there? Why is TikTok the big thing right now? Because it's just where everything's kind of ended up curated. So trends happen in the Internet. And so once one thing gets to be the big thing, then everyone just ends up doing things on that, right? Even, you know, people my age, like mid-20s or whatever that have been on YouTube before end up having to chase whatever the newest thing is and have like a Vine account when that was the thing or they have a TikTok account, they have their Instagram, even though those are mostly the medium of younger people because they're trying to chase where the audience is at. Okay, so we know from YouTube that there are 
hordes and hordes of videos that one might one might describe as garbage. I won't right. say that's me, mm-hmm. but um, as a parent of young kids, I'm always uh, I'm always n- less than thrilled when I walk into the room and they're watching some instruction or not even an instructional video, but they're watching other Those kids people learning again, <laughs> other <laughs> people playing with toys and unwrapping toys. Yeah. To me, that seems like a waste of time. So TikTok is first and foremost a social media, right? So you okay. want to have all like be prepared to have all the same guards you would put on your kids using social media. YouTube, okay. same thing. That being said, I have not seen this is my personal experience. Not a lot of inappropriate content on my with me using TikTok. Um, some bad language. That's about it. Other than that, it's pretty family friendly. Do you feel like TikTok has the legs that some of these other social media platforms have enjoyed? Probably all these years? not. Oh, really? really? I would disagree. I think it's here to stay. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Another question. And let's not get too political. Don't go into too much great detail, but not a problem. Why, uh, why is oh, it so controversial right now? That's right. That was the so so so. Anytime you get an account on the internet for anything from your Google account that operates your email and your YouTube and everything on that side of things to your Facebook to just like logging in to get a recipe off of the internet, right? You are sending your information somewhere, and a lot of these servers and a lot of these companies are based overseas, wherever that might be. TikTok just happens to be one of them, and so there are sections of the population that got in a particular uproar over TikTok in particular when TikTok is only doing the same things that every other social media is doing when it comes to your privacy. If you're on Facebook, you don't have to be extra concerned about TikTok. You know what? As a kid, that's the kind of thing that would frustrate me like nothing else. And let me let me tell you what I mean. So you're sitting in your classroom and everybody's chatting it up. Everybody's talking. And yet, for some reason, your teacher turns to you and says, Jeffrey, stop talking. And I'm looking around with my hands in the air thinking, <laughs> what on earth are you talking about? Everybody's talking. Yeah, that's TikTok. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> but the other thing, and what I think makes TikTok cool, is the algorithm is very catered to you. So hmm. as you go through TikTok, like when you first start out, you first download the app, uh, it's showing you things and you're like, I'm it not is very just interested a wave in that. of everything that yeah. is out there. Mm-hmm. But as you go and you start liking things, sending things to people, there's a feature where you can hold down on a TikTok and say, I'm not interested in this. It learns what you're interested in and the kind of videos that you would like, which is why I'm not seeing so many dances or popular things. See, now <laughs> that's know, like that. that's <laughs> worrisome to me. And Pairing that with what Cole said about information, uh, getting in your information out there. So is TikTok to blame for me, receiving about a dozen junk text messages and junk emails every day. No, it's not to blame for you because you don't have a TikTok. <laughs> okay. But it is the same concept of as you linger longer on a Facebook ad, even if you don't interact with it, mm-hmm. if you're sitting there even looking at it, Facebook kind of knows that you want that. And then it sends that information all over your other devices and all over your computer. And then you start getting advertisements for that. You see, I, I once <gasps> needed a charging cable. And so I clicked on a Facebook ad and bought a charging cable. And then on Facebook and every other website I would go to, I would get ads for charging cables. But the thing is, 
I already bought the charging cable that I needed. Whoa. And so that was really poor advertising. Like, they realized, <laughs> oh, this kid likes charging cables, not understanding the fact that once you buy a charging cable, you no longer need one. So what That's ab- just how the algorithm of advertising works. What about those robocalls that I get all the time? Is TikTok to blame for that? That's someone spending a lot of money to make sure that you'll okay. vote in a direction or the other. What about the coronavirus? Is TikTok to blame for coronavirus? Yeah, probably. It might be. <laughs> okay. Is TikTok... Oh, wait, wait, wait. So We're just kidding. People do actually think that? No. No. No, it's not. <laughs> Is TikTok to blame for my uh, th- uh, seven-month-old waking up at two in the morning? No. TikTok Unless you're is the one watching blame. TikTok yeah, at too right, loud of volumes. TikTok is to blame for you liking funny videos, so it's showing you more funny videos. Yeah, it, so Reddit yeah. had the same algorithm earlier on in the internet, and Reddit is still around also, and Reddit can really be an armpit of the internet sometimes if you go in that <laughs> corner of Reddit. But there are good ways to do it, too. It it allows you to subscribe to the kind of subreddits, the kind of pages and the kind of information that you want to get. And so depend your, your experiences may vary depending on mm-hmm. what it is that you are interacting with. And honestly, it's so good that you're probably getting what you want out of a lot of these things. OK, so that's actually what I want to talk about next. From your perspective, since you guys are at least more versed in this than I am. What are some of the pros and cons of setting up a TikTok account or at least being a consumer in some way of TikTok? Uh, it's entertainment, right? We talk about movies, TV, and everything else. Um, this is just shorter form entertainment to get you through your day. And I do it for a lot of the the funny stuffs. Mm-hmm. Mickey, it seems like, does it for some news and information, which is out there too. Right. Uh, I like the funny stuff as well. But here, for example, <laughs> uh, the other day I saw TikTok explaining how to, uh, if your tire, if you run over a nail with your tire, how you can fix that without buying a whole new tire. You Well, you patch it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. explaining how to do that. I mean, that. I take it to big O. But do you feel like, so there's another example of, because you, Mickey, you're one that said that you feel like this, this social media platform has the legs. Mm-hmm. When I think of something like that, I just think, you know, I don't know if, uh, well, I don't know, maybe YouTube is is a verb now just like Google is, you know, go Google that or go YouTube They're that, owned right? by the same company, so it would yeah. seem like they're trying to infest your life. When you said that, in my mind, like, I'm I'm going to, to YouTube first. Like, oh, I'll just YouTube that. But that's something you can do on TikTok as well. But do you feel like it's going to have the legs like YouTube has for something like that? It's definitely harder to search things on TikTok, so you can't mm. be like, show me tire patching videos. You so know? that's one of the downsides. And down- this comes right. into one of the dangers of TikTok is it's really easy to get caught up in it because there's no real search feature. You don't go on TikTok to get a specific thing. You get on TikTok because you're bored and you want to kill a minute. Mm-hmm. But pretty soon you've killed like an hour because the way its scroll works is that, first of all, uh, I don't know if it's a my phone thing, but I can't even see the clock on the top of my phone when I'm inside the app. And second of all, it just keeps giving keeps, you stuff. There's like unlimited content Once on you finish, TikTok. like YouTube, you can turn that autoplay feature off or you like are generally going for like a specific reason. TikTok, it's just a stream of stuff. And... Maybe half of it was entertaining, even what I wanted, and I had just killed like an hour accidentally. You guys, and are... that's a danger. That that's right. where you kind of need to look at the kids and say, like, screen time limitations can be a good thing. Everything in moderation. TikTok, as a whole, is not the devil, but 
spending time in front of a screen just frying your brain in front of anything for a long mm-hmm. period of time can be. And you, on your iPhone, you can set limits. So you can say, I only want to spend 20 minutes on this app. That's feature. really helpful. Mm-hmm. I recommend doing that. You guys are actually kind of scaring me right now. <laughs> You're talking about this, and I'm picturing Hal from 2001 and I'm thinking, you spend an hour on TikTok, you're going to turn it off or you're trying to, and there's some voice that's saying, I'm sorry, Mickey, I'm afraid I can't let you do that. Just Nothing like watching. that. Obey, consume, oh, they no. live. This is, yeah, starting to sound like they live or <laughs> Halloween 3. Oh, that may have been a stretch, but... Well, Halloween 3 comes into the commercials. So getting outside of TikTok and into some of the other things, YouTube, like I said before... The commercials on YouTube, if you are monetized and an actual quote-unquote YouTube creator, then that is your job. And commercials are all over the place in YouTube. TikTok is still mostly user-generated, and it's just people sharing funny things with their friends, just like Facebook is people, like, creating memes with minions on them. Like, it's Mm -hmm. for a different audience, but it's basically unpaid folks just having fun. YouTube is mostly driven now by folks that are paid by YouTube Ah. to drive for advertising. And YouTube doesn't even give them, I mean, they make probably more than I do for for what it is, but they also have so many other side streams of revenue. Like you get through the course of a YouTube video, not only do you have to watch the ads, but you have to listen to them show for their book and show for their t-shirt service Mm -hmm. and show for their other things. And that's where they make a ton of money. You know, Cole, uh, yeah, I I am one of those frustrated viewers as well because I think of this workout video that we purchased one time in conjunction with, we'll just say these certain oils that you can apply uh, externally or internally, right? Sure. Um, and the workout video was like one giant commercial because they would take breaks during the workout to say, Let's apply this oil to our cheeks and let's breathe it in. Mm. And uh, I think I did that workout video once and we very quickly got rid of it. Uh, that's kind of a side note. I, mean, it's a couple... I don't want to disparage people who have have had good results from certain types of oils like that. But I, I do for me, follow a lot of fitness people. Like I go to the gym and I was watching, listening to a podcast. Podcasts are what we're doing right now, but it's also a form of new media where often they'll take a break to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is a place where you can have an advertise, have a new website and blah, blah, or maybe Blue Apron, or maybe there's like these few like Dollar Shave Club. Right. There's this like small group yeah. of people Blue that apron. advertise <laughs> so exclusively on these new media things that you'll get used to them. But if I'm going to a fast food place for a taco, I don't want one of the employees to sit down with me and give me a pitch on a timeshare. You know, I'm I'm there for one purpose and one purpose only, and uh, I want to eat that taco. Right. And YouTube <laughs> is no longer just a taco. It Darn. is all kinds of things. So like I was saying, I was listening to this podcast with these two guys, and they were trying to explain, like, when they're just out, like, meeting new people or meeting girls was, the like, the point of the podcast. Like, how what do you explain what you do as a job? And one of them was like... I, in a very circuitous way, just sell my clothing brand. Like, he is a he is a fitness YouTuber, but where he makes his most money is by selling these $35 t-shirts, which comes back to, like, other forms of entertainment, right? The music industry. 
artists get such a small little cut of that Spotify listen that you had. But when they go on tour and they sell their $35 t-shirts, they are making hand over fist money. And, and that's how they continue to do the, what they do and be rich. Let it be let it be clear. I don't I certainly I think there are some people out there that have found some very intuitive, very uh, clever ways to make money and, to, like you said, probably make more than I do doing what they do. So all power to them for doing that type of a thing. But it's it's something that I personally don't understand. And, and the much. point of bringing up advertising what I, what I mean is by, to be aware of it. What you I have mean, to know that you're the product being sold to anytime sure. advertising comes on. Part of that is – I don't I don't understand the appeal of that but it's mostly I can't I can't wrap my head around how the money is actually made is the point I'm trying to make. I mean, yeah, so we could break it down but that's not as interesting. The thing to no, no, know no, no. is I just wanted you're to... going to be inundated with it, right. so be aware of it. I just didn't want to make it sound like I was putting down people oh, I'll that make a living it. I just that I'll, way. yeah, that's... but <laughs> I was just saying personally I don't I don't understand how that works, you know, if if speaking of people trying to explain what they do, I, I don't think I could understand how that all works. So let's talk about Patreon, which is another thing you'll be inundated with if that you watch enough YouTube videos. Right. Mm-hmm. YouTube is free still for now um, and hopefully forever. But these creators make it their living to do it. And so they need to make money somehow. One of them often ways is by shilling for their Patreon, which means you can pay to get videos maybe a couple days early and get like some behind the scenes features and get your name read or, you know, listed at the end of a video. And again, parents, if your like teenage kid is coming and saying they need the credit card for that, I would advise to say no. Because or, it does not give any. Right. Patreon it's, is designed for like mid twenty year olds that have a disposable income that want to support a creator that they enjoy. Right. It's like Kickstarter. Yeah. However, it might as a parent that might be if my kid came to me and asked for that, I would actually be kind of grateful because I would I I would see it as an opportunity of let me sit down and listen to this podcast that my kid is listening to, and first of all see if there's any value there, but also just see like. I I want to I'm interested in what my kid is interested in or at least to find out what their where their interests lie. So, I would see that as an opportunity. But that's interesting to hear your perspective on who the audience is there and who's contributing to these podcasts. And and yeah, the demographics really hold that out. Another reason and another big Another reason that your kid might come and ask for your credit card and another big subsection of YouTube and an even bigger subsection of Twitch is video games, and microtransactions therein. Um, Folks, there are a lot of free quote-unquote video games out there that your kids are going to ask to spend money time and time again over, and it's important to understand what it is they're getting, and the short answer is not much. And they're racking up your credit card bill with in-app purchases. Yep. As well. Same so thing. Beware <laughs> of these things. Something like Fortnite comes out and it becomes very, very popular because it is technically free, but it's free on the understanding that you get to play the whole game, but you don't get all those cool cosmetics. And when you level up, you don't get that little dopamine rush of getting something. Even if you're not going to use it in the game, every time you level up, if you've paid for it, then you get a little doohickus to, to use. Um, and even if you don't use it, you, you get that thing. If you're not, like, paying for it, quote-unquote, then you don't get that. And it's a, it's a not-as-fun game, right? 
All right, Cole. So this is all overwhelming. I'm obviously I'm I'm no stranger to YouTube. And by the way, speaking of YouTube and commercials, the commercials are so excessive that there have been times when I've toyed with the idea of buying the ad-free version of YouTube because I'm doing voiceovers. I'm constantly looking up videos on how to pronounce certain words, and it often takes me to YouTube. And I always have to sit through, you know, 15, 30 seconds of commercials. And when I'm just trying to get my work done, I don't want to see that. And if you're trying to do something else in multitask, often you'll get like a two-minute video, a two-minute advertisement that you could skip after five seconds. But if your hands are otherwise occupied, you're just trying to have YouTube on the background. You always have to have it in front of you to poke that thing that skips the ad. Okay, so... If I don't want to be sucked down this rabbit hole, if I don't want to be two hours in and then scratch my head thinking, why did I even log on to this website in the first place? Where can I start? What recommendations would you guys have? Well, what do you want to learn about? We are a movie show at our core, and so let's start giving some recommendations that movie fans might enjoy because there are other people that just on YouTube as opposed to a podcast do kind of what we do. Ooh, ooh, I I know one. I want to share one right off the bat. Speaking of movies, I'm a big fan of honest trailers. Mm, So funny. Um, For the most part, they keep it pretty clean. If there's a a severe swear word, they'll bleep it out. Um, But basically, you are getting this trailer-type voice, you know, this in-a-world, in-a-world-type voice that's really just providing commentary on these movie trailers and talking about the ridiculous aspects of the trailer or the movie itself. And sometimes you'll get you'll get honest trailers for entire television series or anime or, you know, entire series of movies. But I'm always entertained, very funny, and the audience really gets into it. Not only can the audience recommend which movie trailers they want to see spoofed. But at the end of it, they'll also send recommendations for what they want to hear this epic movie trailer voice guy say. You know, and they're usually the most ridiculous things that he can say. But then also, this is really interesting. So it's this it's this company called Screen Junkies. Owned now by Fandom. Right, that has started making movies. So they've been so successful that they've been able to branch out into other things. And they were the ones that produced a recent favorite documentary of mine, uh, Never Give Up, Never Surrender, which was a documentary about About Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. And for math nerds like me and Jeff, when it comes to like the box office, there was a fellow named Dan Merle that used to work in the Screen Junkies team. He was one of the founders of the Honest Trailer concept and, and one of their writers and editors for many years. He's since gone off to do his own thing. He has his own YouTube channel, but weekly he will break down box office numbers on charts, like a charting show. Is it funny like Honest Trailers is? I mean, it's more just him looking at a camera talking about things like we do, but Interesting. it's informative. Okay. I'd look that up. Yeah. What else, you guys? I'm a big fan of Hot Ones on YouTube. Hmm. Have you ever watched that? Oh, is this where you have to eat something spicy? Yeah, Specifically it's a, it's a, a talk wing. show, actually. So they have actors, like, for instance, they just had Matthew McConaughey on. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they're getting, like, A-list people to do this. And they go through really spicy hot wings. 
But to me, the good part is they ask really, really interesting questions. Like it's not like your late night type thing. It's things you'd actually maybe want to know about Matthew McConaughey. Wow.、Mm-hmm. And okay, what's the funniest one you've seen? Is there a particular celebrity that has not been able to handle the hot sauce very well? Oh, DJ Khaled. That <laughs> really is an interesting. That's a、episode. good one to start. You do、with. want to be careful. They don't.、Uh, they swear. Yeah, they'll use bad language. But other than that, it's appropriate. Yeah, if you're if you're up late watching Jimmy Fallon or something like that, you're the same audience that would watch something like Hot Ones. Yeah.、Ones. Okay. Anything else? Because there's so much. It's overwhelming, and I don't want to get caught down that rabbit hole because I often do. Well, another thing that parents might want to understand a little bit more is when kids watch. Other people play video games, right? I mentioned the idea of microtransactions within the game that they're playing, but even if they're not playing the game, there are esports and there are just let's players, right? Where you can watch other people play a video game. I think that gets a bad rap sometimes,、um, but never from me because I love watching sports and I'm not playing them and I'm just watching it happen. It's a good point. Esports and video games are the same thing. It can either be done in a very hyper competitive way, where you watch these tournaments of people playing video games, or in the self entertainment way. Especially with the game Among Us recently has gained a huge following and has been number one in the gaming world on、uh, on Facebook and on YouTube. Where like Disguised Toast, I think, is the most popular one. He's a nice place to start if you want to understand what Among Us is,、uh, and he just kind of. Talks about what he's doing and is entertaining while he's playing the game, not necessarily doing it competitively. This is a really interesting point, and I'm I may go home and play this for my wife. No, maybe I won't because I don't want my behavior to have to change.、Um, but <laughs>、nice. you bring up a really good point, which is, you know, I'll walk into a room and my kids are watching a, a video of somebody else playing a video game, and my first reaction is. Turn that off. Let if we want to play video games, let's be the ones playing video games, right? So the next time your wife walks in on you watching a Dodgers game, she's gonna say, "Jeffrey, let's go outside and、that、play lasts, some baseball instead." Three and a half to four hours, right? That's actually a very interesting point. But I also think it, it bring it's a good reminder to parents or to you know to anybody in general that、um, you shouldn't necessarily disparage people from. You know, spending time playing video games because it's a good opportunity for you, especially as a parent, to sit down and get to know what your kids are interested in, and maybe play along with them. Now, certainly, you want to set limits on that, and、yes. you don't want to let them do it all day. But but that's with everything. We talk about movies and TV normally, and I would give the same exact advice when it comes to a Disney or a Pixar movie that I would、yeah. with a lot of these YouTube channels. I'm learning a lot today. I, or I, I I should say I'm getting a lot of really helpful reminders because as a parent, it's really easy to just you know disparage your kids from doing things that you probably wouldn't spend your time doing, but that's what they like doing and. I got to tell you, some of the happiest times my kids have had with me are when I'll just sit down and play video games with them, or I'll just sit down and watch something that they're interested in. And it's funny because my three-year-old comes into my office every day asking, "Can I play Monkey Jump?" Which I found out is Donkey Kong Country on Super Nintendo, <laughs> and he doesn't even care. What he really wants. He wants me to play Monkey Jump, and he wants to watch me play Monkey Jump.、Yeah. Which, to me, like 
Yeah, that's kind of my dream is to not have my kids interrupt my game of Donkey Kong Country, mm. but we're spending time together still. And yeah, um, I have just as much fun being in a room with my friends playing games, even if I'm not the one in front of the controller, as I do just playing myself. All right. Well, I think I understand what TikTok is now, you guys, a little better. I certainly uh, understand how things work a little more with YouTube, and I really appreciate some of the reminders you guys have given me about maybe I ought to take another look at how I'm spending my time with my kids and maybe not, you know, do the knee-jerk reaction of turn that garbage off. How dare you? We're just looking to help understand each other on screen cleaning. That's right. Well, when we return, we're going to continue on with YouTube, but we're going to kind of branch out a little bit more into the streaming world and talk about some of the pros and cons that we see there. That's up next here on Screen Cleaning. (laughs) Charlie. Charlie bit me. Okay, so this is one of the videos that you see on TikTok. I I think I'm getting it. In order to post a video on TikTok, it's got to have some ticking clock in the background of the video. No. Uh, As you're watching the video, you said it's no more than 90 seconds. There's a a clock that's clicking down, a a a countdown. No. (sighs) We just spent half an hour on this, Jeffrey. Okay. Does it have anything to do with Peter Pan and this crocodile that swallowed the clock? Unfortunately, no. I mean, it could if you wanted it to. Okay. You made a You TikTok. can make a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. How about that? Follow Jeffrey Simpson yeah. on TikTok. TikTok. We'll make him have one, and that'll, that'll be the only TikTok. Peter Pan based. <laughs> Does it have anything TikToks? to do with, and this is getting really obscure, but there's a character in Return to Oz that's called TikTok that is like... Uh, he, you wind him up, and once he runs out of that wind or that time, then he. There are so freezes. many millions of TikToks. Right. Surely there are TikToks about right. TikTok. I wouldn't which be Jeff surprised. Is trying to <laughs> if make one TikTok. Day. I hope there is. That is something that might get me onto TikTok. There we go. I'll, anyway, we'll try to are, find it. What yeah, are we talking we about next, Cole? We're, we're talking in general about new media disrupting the old, right? And so a subject that's been brought up. I guess a couple times here on screen cleaning is streaming services, trying to make our way through all of those. And again, give advice for people that aren't as involved in every little nuance of it to like break it down and very simplify. These are some of the things you can get for free. These are some of the things that cost money. This is why now all of a sudden you're paying more than you used to for cable, even though originally you planned on saving money with all of this. That's kind of what we wanted to tackle now. What's interesting is these were these services were already starting to disrupt the movie theater business and the movie making business in general, but because of COVID, it's it's making things even more difficult. And I'm I it makes me a little worried about the future of cinema. Quibi could not have picked a better time to launch a new streaming service. They just stunk. It didn't work. <laughs> they didn't have, as you said, a backlog of, of content, right? Yes. And so what's really interesting to me, and I don't want to focus purely on the negative aspect of all these streaming streaming services, because when they all started coming out, and I'm, I'm, I feel like this is the way Disney Plus is going to go right now, you know, everybody's so excited, but I, I do, 
I do believe that they're going to raise the price to the point where, you know, it's kind of like that rabbit hole. You know, we're paying $20 a month and it's like, how did we get here? I'm not saying it'll be there anytime soon, but um, the one of the reasons this was so appealing to so many people at the beginning of all of these streaming services is because they used to not cost very much to begin with. But now let's say you've done, you've switched over to some of these streaming services because you want to cut the cord, as you've said already, Cole, Mm -hmm. because $70 a month for cable. No way. I'm going to go to this $10 a month streaming service, or I'm going to go to this $30 a month cable streaming service. And now pretty much all of those cable streaming uh, options that you have out there are 65 and $70 a month, whereas once upon a time they were $30 a month. And so we're basically right back where we started. And not only that, you have the cable option, plus, you know, you're pretty likely to either have Amazon Prime or Netflix probably not very likely to have Apple TV Plus, but you're going to have one of those others. You might accidentally still have it for free because you bought a new phone. My wife was like, we still have that? I was like, yep, we've got it for a year. But now... But remember to cancel it. Not only are we not... Not only are we back where we started, but we've probably even exceeded where we were before as far as the the price commitment that that we're roped into here. The big moral of today, if not like don't be afraid of new media, is also that things move fast in new media, right? It seems like 100 years ago that there was this thing called Movie Pass that presented us with something that was what? just too good to be true. I thought May we it agreed, rest in peace. I thought we agreed we weren't going to say that, any, that we <laughs> it will not be mentioned anymore on this program. They unfortunately failed because... Because it was too good to be true. And so as each new little thing like YouTube TV came out, it was so cheap and it suckered people in. And then eventually, in order to stay profitable, it needed to bring up its rates. There's a reason cable is so expensive. It's not just they're trying to get you. There's enough like little just fees and stuff on the back end that they have to take care of that it kind of has to be that much. Do you? Okay, but I do want to take a second here and pause on MoviePass for a minute because there were legitimate concerns that... You know, this is really going to disrupt the movie theater business. And I think it certainly changed the way that movie theaters got people to come to the movies because we're still seeing these membership plans that movie theaters have. You can get a subscription to Netflix, but you can also get a subscription to your local theater. Right, right. So I think in a way, MoviePass worked. I think with COVID, things have been disrupted again, and maybe we're kind of forgetting some of those Uh, Some of those steps that have led movie theaters to get people back in the movie theaters because now they're just desperate. They'll give you all kinds of incentives to get you to come back to the movie theater. Please buy our popcorn. Right, right. So I've talked about some of the negative aspects of these cable streamers because now they cost as much. But think about it. You have, in some cases, at least with YouTube TV, you've got an unlimited space in the cloud an unlimited uh, limited space for your DVR, whereas if you've got DirecTV or, you know, some of these box-type subscriptions, not only... TiVo is another... Like, that was right. kind of the, the original-ish DVR yeah. that now seems like it's also a thing of the past. Not only do you have to think about which of these 200 movies am I going to have to delete... Uh, to make space for one of these other movies that I'll never get around to watching. But, you know, not only is there that, 
but you're roped into these one-year, two-year contracts. Whereas if you take a streaming cable service, you can do month to month, which is huge. So if you want to watch the baseball playoffs, you can pay that one-time fee in October and then just cancel immediately without any repercussions, right? Except for the fact that the more people that do that, the more they're going to have to bring up their rates because subscriptions rely on you not actually using it. You just are paying for it and you forgot about it. Or that you, you see, forget to cancel your free trial, In right? January, there's going to be at least a couple people that show up to their local gym and say, I would like a, a gym membership now. Yep. And then they stop using it, but they're still paying the gym and so the gym is making money. Netflix comes out with this new movie that you just got to see and so you buy Netflix for that one month. But then you you forget that you have it, and you don't look at your bill, credit card bill, and then all of a sudden you've been paying for Netflix for three or four months. So just like it's worth sitting down one Saturday or Sunday and just kind of assessing where is our media at right now, and where can where what are we not using, what are we using, and how can we maybe trim this up to be money and budget conscious? Right, and this is certainly not a new conversation, and in fact. We've got a whole episode on streaming and which is better, and we even brought in a guest, our good friend Jacob Gowans, to kind of help settle the debate on this. And you can look this episode up on the uh, the podcast, just Google Screen Cleaning Podcast and type in streaming, and that episode will come up. It was only about 40 minutes ago that I was complaining about people <laughs> having call to actions and different shills during the course of the podcast. And now you can stream and, the right. podcast. Yeah, but having, it's only a matter of time until screen cleaning's on YouTube. Right. Having tried YouTube TV and there's Hulu Live TV and having tried Fubo and Sling TV, which is actually the cheapest option for you out there with different options as far as, you know, which channels you want to have, which package you want to pay for. But we're talking like 25 to $30, 25 to $50, really. So that's an option there to be sure. But it really, I, I just know in my heart, I'm probably not going to, in the long run, going to get rid of Netflix or Amazon Prime. We've tried in the past. We've never been able to stick to that decision. So it's really made me want to take another look at Hulu. Because that's a way that I can watch some of these TV shows that I might want to keep up with, but also get some of the movies that I want to see. So a combination, I'm seeing some sort of a combination between uh, Netflix and Hulu. Let's be honest, when was the last time you watched something on Amazon Prime? But uh, My parents are, really. Are, I think, the key demographic for Amazon Prime because not only do they enjoy getting shipping of things, but... They also love all the old television. And so next week on Screen Cleaning, we're going to have a little bracket, right, of all the different sitcoms through the ages. And old sitcoms from, like, my parents' age are a lot of times just sitting around on Amazon Prime and you didn't realize they were there. There's no argument here that these streaming services are here to stay, unlike, you know, some of these social media platforms that may come and go, like Quibi and who knows, maybe TikTok too. But, yeah, uh, Netflix isn't going anywhere. Amazon Prime's not going to go anywhere. Blockbuster wasn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> well, Amazon Prime's not going to go anywhere because the easiest way be to look funded like a f- by by people wanting that two day shipping the, or that the, now one day shipping. The easiest way to look like a fool on the internet is to say that something won't change because it will. 
And that's the last takeaway from all of our conversation of just new stuff. This is relevant for exactly November the 6th of 2020. And by tomorrow, it might have changed. When we return here on Screen Cleaning, we are going to give you one more final reminder about a, an, a, a big bracket show that we've got coming up. But there's also a new movie out. And we're also going to do a little panning for good. That's all up next here on Screen Cleaning. We came to see our grandson. My boy doesn't have to answer to you. And we don't have to answer to you. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Come with us. Whoa. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. That was a clip from a new movie that's out. And you heard Diane Lane, Kevin Costner, and Leslie Manville, who was recently nominated for an Oscar for a film called Phantom Menace, Phantom Uh, Tollbooth. You sure about that? (laughs) Uh, The Phantom of the Opera. Oh. Phantom Thread. Yes. The Phantom Thread. Mm -hmm. Um, This is from, and it's a really gripping scene, Cole. Uh, It's from a movie called... Let him go, let him go. Uh, anymore? Yeah. Is that is that from that movie, Cole? No. Oh, I don't think okay. so. It wasn't in the trailer. I would have put it in the trailer. It is called honestly. Let Him Go. And I will say that this movie is not the gripping, Taken-esque thriller that you see in the trailer. I mean, the trailer's only about two and a half minutes long. We played a little clip from it, and you can go YouTube it, speaking of YouTube all the time today, and it looked like a horror movie in the middle of it to me. And I think it's just a straight drama. With a few tense scenes and some explosiveness in the last 15 minutes or so. Not to be too spoilery, but Diane Lane and Kevin Costner, they star as these two soft-spoken but stubborn ranchers who are grieving the loss of their son, who is survived by his wife and his infant son. And they flash forward a few years, and the widowed daughter-in-law enters into this abusive marriage. And the young family, who was previously living just a quick drive away from Ma and Pa Costner, They just up and move away like a thief in the night. They don't tell them that they're going anywhere. And Ma is determined to track them down, while Pa, he thinks that they maybe ought to just mind their own business. So it's this slow-moving, emphasis on the slow, uh, family drama, road trip type movie, but with some tense and awkward Scenes like awkward in the sense like you're going to feel uncomfortable, like you're going to feel edge of your seat a little bit, which is good for this type of a movie because it is very slow and it takes a long time to get there. It's not the nail biting thriller that the trail would have you believe. I and uh, I will admit there were some times in this movie where my patience was tested. But I will say this. The movie made me feel, which I think is a good thing when you go and see the movies. It made me feel as a parent, and it made me think about what would I do if my son or daughter died, heaven forbid, and my grandchild, like the connection that I have with that lost son or daughter was taken from me like that, and there wasn't much that I could do about it. That would 
that would be an extra nail in the coffin of that situation, right? Mm -hmm. And my wife told me about somebody that she knows where there's a similar kind of a situation with somebody that they know where something like this, thankfully it's not anything abusive or like nothing like that, but it really pulls at your heartstrings. And so it's, it's difficult to watch in that regard to just entertain that possibility that something could, like that could happen where, you know, your loved one could be ripped away from you like that, you know, uh, or may, let's say like you lose a, a grand, like you, you don't get to see a grandchild anymore to divorce, which is a, probably a more frequent and real situation where you don't get to see your grandkid anymore. What would you do and what lengths would you go to to try to see that grandchild again? So there are some really good things here that that come to mind. Um, I will say that uh, I wasn't too surprised when I looked up the director, especially when I saw these really awkward, tense scenes, because it's the same director that directed The Family Stone. And I remember seeing that movie with my family and just it was really awkward to sit there with my family. And there are some really tense scenes in that movie. And gosh, this is making me kind of uncomfortable, right? One thing that I really liked about the movie was the music. I thought, man, this is really beautiful music that make, comes to mind or brings to mind movies like Unforgiven, which kind of ha- kind of have similar themes there. Just beautiful, soft country ballad. And I wanted to look up who it was. And it's Michael Giacchino, who has oh, won yeah. Oscars and is basically... Uh, basically a full-time employee at Disney right now because he's like their go-to guy. And it's a really beautiful, soft score that I think really enriches the movie experience based on a 2013 novel of the same name by Larry Watson, who, fun fact, earned a doctorate in creative writing from the University of Utah. Isn't that fun? Nice. And uh, I don't personally think it deserves the R rating There's really not much language, no sexual expletives, as Rod Gustafson likes to call them. So not a ton of language. It says it's R for violence. The violence is nothing that I haven't seen in a PG-13 movie. It's not gory. It's not particularly bloody. And so I'm, I'm a little I'm scratching my head a little bit as to why it's R. So take that for what it's worth. The trailer said really big in theaters in November. So if you're just looking up to see what you can go see out in a theater, let him go is one of those things. We've got a little bit of news that we want to share with you. First and foremost, there speaking of movies that are going to be coming to you soon, there's a movie that'll be coming to Disney Disney Plus around the holidays called the Star Wars Lego Holiday Special. I mean, also Soul is coming to Disney Plus around the holidays, and I'm a little bit more excited for that. Yeah, but there's that. But this this is, I, I, what I don't appreciate about this is that they led viewers like me to believe that this was going to be, oh, they're making a Lego version of the infamous uh, Star Wars Holiday Special that was widely panned. No, it's not that at all. There may be some references to that, but it's really utilizing all of the newer characters in the Star Wars universe, and there's a time travel element involved. It looks like it's going to be fun, though. I will say that. This is a that. search engine optimization trick. This is another internet <laughs> thing coming up in today's show, because now when you Google Star Wars Holiday Special, you get this thing instead of the thing that George Lucas is trying to make yeah. you forget. Mickey 
What is another movie that's going to be coming out that you found out about a sequel? Mm, I found out about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Too. And you're excited about this. I am. I thought the first one was pretty fun. It's PG-13 scary movie, which okay. I think is good. All right. Now let's talk about uh, the movie, or rather the actor, that won't be coming back for a sequel. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on what you think, Johnny <laughs> Depp will not be returning for Fantastic Beasts. I think it's three there's yes. supposed to the still be one. three, four, yeah. and five yeah. in this little oh, quintuple really? G. Okay. Okay. So I want to hear your theories on who they're going to get to replace him. So he he was playing Gellert Grindelwald, who is the bad guy of this little prequel story in right. the Harry Potter and a, universe. Just a staple in the Harry Potter universe. Yes. And originally in the first film, for a lot of it, it's Colin Farrell until we find out that, oops, just kidding, it's actually Johnny Depp just disguised as Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell was a great villain in that first one. Johnny Depp was less than spectacular in a much less spectacular movie, Fantastic Beasts And two. where to find them. Oh, the, the Rise, of, Rise of Grindelwald, yeah. right? Or yeah. Grindelwald, yeah. as they say. You Come could just on, folks. bring Colin Farrell back as Grindelwald and have like him disguised again, and it'd be it, fun. It could really be any. It could be Daniel Radcliffe Ooh. under the Polyjuice potion. Fun yeah. fact: when Heath, I mean, it wasn't fun that Heath Ledger passed away, but when he passed away during the filming of the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, Colin Farrell and Johnny Depp were two of the actors that they got to replace him in that movie. Mm. Huh? It all comes full circle. Yes. Cole, before we do a little panning for good, I want you to put in one more plug in for the big bracket show that we've got coming up next week. It's just next week now, so you have seven more days to fill out your brackets to determine what the best sitcom of all time is. It starts with the newest and goes down to the oldest. It's kind of in, you know, two halves. You have our new side of the bracket and the old side of the bracket. Uh, Staples like Cheers and Friends and even The Good Place and The Office that are a little newer. Going back all the way to I Love Lucy and Gilligan's Island will show up on this bracket. Determine what your favorites are. And be entered to win. How can they look up the bracket, Cole? Well, you just click the link at the bottom of all of our podcasts for the past month or so, and it'll take you there. You just click on the button that says, choose your favorites, and you choose your favorites. And if you're disappointed that one of your favorites is not even in the bracket to begin with, let us know about it. We're curious. We've we've already gotten some flack for, spoiler alert, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is not on the bracket and we've heard from from uh, listeners of the show that uh, we're not okay with that. Like, rate, comment, and subscribe because like the internet we've been talking about all day, interaction is the key. Well, I'm glad that Mickey's here not only to help us with the rest of the show and to help me figure out what TikTok even is, <laughs> but she's going to help us do a little panning for good here as well. There's good in them dire hills. <laughs> So as you know, Panning for Good is an opportunity for us to dig a little deeper to find a story in any medium, right, Cole, that that is uplifting and inspiring and that we want to let people know about. And Mickey, you let me know about something that was actually on TikTok. I did. It started on TikTok. It's spawned to other places in the Internet. I first saw it on Twitter, but it actually started on TikTok. So there's a man you may have seen. Uh, filming himself skateboarding to Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, drinking a whole, not a little bottle, a whole carton of Ocean Spray Cranberry Juice. And 
for whatever reason, that video really took off. Super viral. And what they found out was this man whose name is Nathan, and I apologize to Nathan if I'm saying his last name wrong, Nathan Apodaca. And what happened Apodaca. was his, I know some. I know an oh, Apodaca. There you go. Yeah. His car broke down, and so he had to skateboard. And in the process of that, he made this TikTok. It goes viral. Uh, Ocean Spray bought him a new truck. Wow. Cranberry Red. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, to kind of repay him for the advertising maybe. And uh, apparently Fleetwood Mac is doing even better than they yes. were before, right? Mm-hmm. Their song Dreams is appeared on the Hot 100 chart again, which is pretty amazing, considering that's a pretty old song. And I've seen TikToks from Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks, and Mick Fleetwood all recreating this video. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. It's very cool. You know what I love about this? This is what Michael Scott from The Office would call win, win, win. Because uh, the man whose car broke down, this is a win for him. This is a win for Fleetwood Mac. And this is a huge win for Ocean Spray as well. And as Michael Scott taught us, when win, 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 we all win. So... There is that. And this is like the good side of social media. I've been known to complain about social media in the past, but this is just people coming together, which is what it can offer. I love it. This is the best. This is the best scenario for a uh, panning for good. And we're happy to share it with you. Thanks, Mickey. You're welcome. When we come back next week on Screen Cleaning, we are going to settle the dispute of what is the greatest sitcom of all time. We are so excited to settle that among the three of us. Again, please sign up and fill out that bracket for the chance to win. Until then, I am Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wessinger. And we're here each and every week on BYU Radio to bring you Screen Cleaning.